Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench on the Wizards Podcast Network, we want to remind you to download the Wizards app on the go and in the palm of your hand. The official Washington Wizards team app is your mobile home for all things Wizards. Everything you need to know when it comes to game previews and recaps, radio broadcasts, and stats, all at the touch of a button. You can even access the Monumental Sports Network and the Wizards Podcast Network with ease. Download the official Wizards team app today. Wizards fans, welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm Jackson Filio, joined as always by Zach Rosen of Wizards Digital. And once again, Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Chris, what's up, man? Good. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Ro- so- Rosen, it's good, it's good to see you, Rosen. You, uh, you staying out of trouble? Jackson, I always have to ask that question before we start because... I don't know about your boy, man. I, I don't see him like I used to see him. I can always check on him. You know what I mean? It was like a daily thing where I'd be like, okay, where's Rosen? Okay, there he is. Okay, he's good. Now I can go about my day. Rosen, how you holding up? You're not wrong. I don't. I feel like there's only a few guys looking out for me these days, but, you know, <laughs> I'm doing all right. I, it's not, it's not, you know, past years where we're in the gym every day. I feel like it's been a little more uh, casual this season with the restrictions and everything. So, you know, hanging in, uh, but I definitely miss seeing you around, seeing you, the other broadcasters. I mean, but mainly you, let's be real. Oh, uh, man. So it's just been uh, weird. Yeah, no, it's almost in. like the, it's almost like the one year, right? Uh, when we saw uh, Rudy Gobert get pulled off the court, right? And it's just, I don't know, Jackson, does it feel like almost a year or does it feel like five years or no, I mean, this is, this is, it's cliche, but it like exactly like what you just said, it simultaneously feels like it's been a month and, and 10 years at, at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, and there are just so many chapters to the last year that it, it's weird to look back and, and, and remember everything, but you know, it's, they press on, you know what I mean? It's uh it's weird. Here we are and, and we're playing basketball and we're going to have another all-star break and we've got, we've got a first half to look back on and, you know, Chris, the last time you were on was right before the season. And we did a little bit of a predictions roundtable. Um, and I don't want this to be a complete relitigation of all of our predictions. And um, that, that I don't think that would be good for any of us. Um, but there's, I, I did go back and look at it. And, and you did say one thing that I thought was interesting. When we were talking about where the team would fall in, in the East and what would be considered success, you said it comes down to three things. Health, health is number one. You have to stay healthy. Rebounding and defending the basketball if one or two of those things are a miss, I still think they have enough talent to be a playoff team. And you weren't wrong. You weren't wrong at all. Health has absolutely been a mess for a number of reasons, whether you're talking about that from an injury standpoint with Thomas Bryant or health and safety protocols and how that turned the season upside down for, for the team. Health was a miss. Um, and we all kind of knew how difficult that would be coming into this season. But simultaneously, you know, and, and, much thanks to this this recent run of success, everything still kind of feels within reach. And because of a really, really weird Eastern Conference, the Wizards are 13th in the East. Not good, but four games back of the four seed. So <laughs> it, it's <laughs> the four seed. You know, we're not talking about being four games back of getting into the play-in. Or, or, we're talking you know, about either not making the playoffs or having home court advantage in the first round. Exactly. exactly. So I, I'm, we sit here on the brink of the All-Star break. How do you kind of take stock of of where this team is at heading into uh, what's going to be a weird second half with where everything stands? 
as crazy as it sounds, I'm as optimistic as I was at the start of the year because they've come out of the health and safety protocol. Okay. Uh, when they were on their five game winning streak, I mean, their defense was really, really good. Um, the rebounding has to get better. And I don't know if that's just a byproduct of guys that are currently on the roster get better rebounding or if they have to go get a rebounder in the market. But Jackson, when I said that, I meant it. And it was like, as the first half was kind of going on, I said, listen, the Thomas Bryant injury is devastating, not only for the team, but for him. He was he was trending upwards, right? But you got to move on. Next man up, we know all the cliches. But when they went on that stretch of winning five in a row and you were seeing how they were getting stops and Davis was getting better, he was getting his legs under him. I had a new theory. The new theory was called D&D, Davis and defense. Like if Davis can give us four threes a game and the Wizards can guard the way that they were guarding, we were going to win our fair share of games. And lo and behold, look what happened. So I'm still as encouraged because, like you said, Jackson, you're either you're either not in the playoff picture or you're hosting the first round. And it makes me look at the standings every morning like we did as kids. You guys, well, well, as I did as a kid with baseball, right? I wanted to see where my team was. I'd look. News, right. Yeah. You wake up every morning, look at the, the, the newspaper to see the standings. And, you know, I asked Scott Brooks that last week and about, you know, from where they were on the table to where they could, could potentially be. And he says he looks at it every day to see, you know, w- where is the team at? What's the growth potential? If you could put together a nice little streak. So, again, to answer your question, Jackson, I, I, I'm still all in on this team. I'm still a believer. Yeah, I think, you know, that Memphis game on Tuesday as we record on Wednesday morning, you know, it's a stinker, but when the Wiz- it seems like the Wizards, when they click, they click. And when they don't, they don't. And so they've been winning a lot of close games. And, you know, albeit this this game against the Celtics, which was a heartbreaker on, on a lot of levels, um, but they've been winning a lot of those close games. Um, and obviously the, the, if you look at the numbers, I know, you know, you're a hit or miss analytics guy. Sometimes you like them. Sometimes you don't, but yeah, when you get a little too deep into it, you, yeah. you lose me, buddy. You, I, I'm what you call Zach, a surface level analytics guy, right? Yeah. Plus minus. I'm like, okay. Effective field goal percentage. Oh, okay. But yeah, you're right with that. See, you know me too well, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm a hit miss analytics guy. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at the numbers, Brad, we see it on the court. We see it with his points um, leading the league. But his his advanced numbers with his the difference he's made during this winning go of seven and three in the last ten, he's been another level. And that's just kind of how he's been all year. Um, you've been here basically his whole career. Yes, his whole career at this point. Um, not to date you or him, but uh, you're all aging together gracefully. Um, My man. <laughs> what have you seen from him this season? And I know he's talked a lot about his mentality, getting better at, you know, his bag, his bag of tricks. What, what else have you seen as someone who, who's really been glued into his game since the start? Two things. Um, 
I, I did an interview with him the night that he got selected all-star starter. And I said, are you wrecking or are you destroying the league? And he wouldn't say he's destroying the league, but he's wrecking the league. And it's a byproduct of motivation, self-motivation, not making the all-star game last year, not being all NBA. And the other thing that I've noticed is he's very efficient this year, efficient in scoring, but efficient in the way he scores. Like there's a couple of times that I noticed in the Memphis game and the Boston game recently where he gets the ball and he literally just jab steps a defender, one dribble pull up. That's efficient. Like you don't have to get into your dribble bag, Zach and Jackson, to get your shot off. It literally is head and shoulder fake, fake the dribble, guy slides to the right or the left, Brad goes the opposite direction. He maybe dribbles it once, or maybe he just pulls up. That, to me, is what I see is next-level, efficient score. Doesn't have to do much to get the shot off and makes it. And the fact that he, he's been triple-teamed this year, okay? Triple-teamed. Not one, not two. Three people have guarded him. Tells me he is getting the ultimate respect uh, uh, league-wide. It has been not fun. It has been awesome to watch him perform uh, on an individual basis this year. And the scary thing is he even thinks there's another level that he can get to. And I'm curious to see what that even looks like. I The numbers to me, when I watch him, it doesn't even really make sense, especially when you judge it against what should happen after a year like last year. You know what I mean? Like if you just yeah. went eye test only watched what he's doing and then looked at, at his season averages. And let's say he was averaging 27 or 28 a game this year. I think we'd probably all be sitting here and saying, you know, he's averaging less, but this is a better Brad. This is, mm -hmm. this is better basketball. He's averaging, he's scoring less. His numbers are a little down, but this is what you want to see. This is what the development looks like. And he's doing that. He's passing that eye test. He's, he's more efficient. His true shooting percentage is up. His turnover percentage is down. Kind of like you said, everything just feels a little bit easier. And yet, the year when he is getting triple teamed, the year when everybody saw, or the year after, everybody saw what he could do, average 30 a game, come out, they know who they have to stop. And the numbers go up. The averages go up. It, it's, uh, I, I don't even really know what to make of it. And then um, you, know, you talk to him and, and he just he refuses. We had an interview with him shortly after being named All-Star as well. And kind of, he was so, so humble about it. And just like, you know, I, I never expected this. You don't even dream of this. And I asked him, I was like, Brent, like, do you ever do you ever take a moment to just like, be like, no, like I deserve this. I earned this, beat your chest a little bit. And he just refuses to do that. And he doesn't, at least off the court, you know what I mean? When he's talking about it, when he's reflecting on it, he's never somebody that is too bombastic about it. And it, that makes it difficult to, to get inside it. And it's hard to understand how you go from, from that level to another. It's um, work, you know, yeah. it's work. It's simple. It is what he does, those unseen hours, no cameras, no blogs, bloggers. There's none of us are allowed in, in, in the room where it happens, right? There's still a line from Hamilton, one of my favorite. God, I can't wait to get back to Broadway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's where he's in the lab getting better. And it's as simple as work. It's, it, I don't, there's no other 
real term to describe how he goes from what he did last year to now leading the league, the league in scoring with the triple teams, with the boxes and ones, with the triangle and two defenses, with all these, you know, I remember when I was covering you know, LeBron in his first couple of years in the league, and he started to see like every defense known to man. And he goes, there's not a defense that I haven't seen that I don't know how to adjust to. And I think we're seeing that with Brad right now is Eric Spolster said it. You guys remember that? He said, we're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at Brad. And he still had his average and probably had more, I think in that, that one Miami game. So, uh, it is just a byproduct of the work. And Jackson, you said about him not being bombastic. That's a product of Bobby and Best of Beal <laughs> making sure he remains humble to the grind. So I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. And he deserves his flowers. And I can't wait to hear when they say, you know, from the Washington Wizards making his third NBA appearance, first-time starter, uh, Bradley Beal. And he'll, you know, he'll probably put two fingers up, you know, like, like Richard Nixon. Ah. <laughs> but he'll put the two fingers up, and then he'll go hoop. The only thing that stinks about all this, and I know we'll get to the second half in a moment, is that poor man has to leave Atlanta and fly straight to Memphis for two days to quarantine before starting the second half of the season. I'm like... No diss to Memphis. I mean, look, you know, get you a little, you know, get you get some good barbecue. But yeah, they know you at Gus's too. <laughs> See, there you go. Shout out to Gus's. Uh, they only but dang, the man can't even enjoy. He can't even enjoy like whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, that, but that's you know part of being an all star. Those are the kind of things that unfortunately come on your plate. Uh, even in a regular season, he'd probably have what three days of vacation. So it, it's yeah. down to two or one and a half. But yeah, it's it's just the reality of, of being a star. So if that's what it takes to be a star, I guess you, you'll sacrifice your two days, right? He might as well just go for the MVP then on Sunday. Well, that would be fun. What, what's our guy? Was Russ say why not? Yeah. Well, Russ is <laughs> like the notorious guy for going for the MVP. So maybe he'll spit that to Brad, like. <laughs> You got to do it for me this year. I'm not going to be yep. there. Yeah. Let's talk about All Star a little bit. And we'll start with Brad. What do you, what Brad do you think we see in the All Star game? Do you think he's somebody that's going to go out there and 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 try and claim that moment, or is he going to be one of those guys? I'm 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 playing within within the flow and whatever that means in an All Star game. Obviously, that changed a little bit last year with this Elam ending, and um, yeah. it made for a fantastic product. I hope we get that same thing again, but. Um, what what Brad do you predict we see this weekend? Hey Zach, did you think the uh, L.A. was the first one, right? Was mm -hmm. L.A. his first one? I yep. thought when we were in L.A., I thought he was just kind of like taking it all in that experience, right? The family flew out, the entire family to show love, and I, I just thought that that was kind of like I've arrived here, I am, and let me just kind of like survey the land, talk to other guys. You know, it, it's it, the All Star break weekend in a normal year is really about taking care of your corporate sponsors right you, you have events like with nike and stuff like that and you know doing some community events um go to all-star saturday night chop it up with your your colleagues and then you play the game and i thought the la version of brad's first time was kind of like he was just kind of like in awe of it the second one where was the second one at zach charlotte 
was in Charlotte. That seemed to be he was a little more comfortable, but still kind of like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is this is pretty cool. Uh, remember Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was at that community event that we were at, Zach, and like he was just sitting there just kind of like in <laughs> awe, right? We sh- we took right. this photo and he was just kind of like looking at him. He was like, it was like the kid seeing Santa. He was like, wow, this is... Yeah. This time, I think he's like, I'm supposed to be here. And y'all know I'm supposed to be here. And he's not going to Atlanta as just Oh, Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards. He's going to Atlanta as the leading scorer in the NBA. So guess what happens? All the other All-Stars are looking at him going, oh, he's got a resume. Oh, he's leading the league in scoring. Oh, this is a bad man. And most of them have faced him already this year and knew that there was nothing that they could do to stop him. So I think this year's Brad is chest out, head up, recognizing that you have a resume amongst your peers and then go out and go try to get the MVP. Now, I don't know if that's in his DNA, though, guys. He, he's, he's Even when he dropped 60 on the Sixers, I felt like he was like, God, I'm having to score 60, right? right? I don't think he has like that, I'm going to go get the MVP of an all-star game. But if it presents itself, like I said before, why not? To be he, fair, Kawhi gonna... won the MVP last year, and I don't think he's anybody that – we would be like, now that guy's going to go. That right. guy wants to win All-Star Game MVP. And you just Well, yeah, it was especially with the Elam ending. If you make some clutch buckets down the stretch, which Brad will almost definitely be playing in those minutes, I would presume, because if you need buckets, he's he's a pretty good candidate to get you those. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's no secret that a lot of these guys don't want to go. Um, that's no secret. Yeah. Uh, Brad has been vocal about that. So I think once they're there, like, well, we're here, we might as well ball. Might as well do this. Um, I think kind of like you said, the one thing that might stop him is if he's got a wide open three, but he sees LeBron cutting or Kate, or I guess Katie isn't playing or Kyrie cutting, he's going to pass the ball. That's just who he is as a basketball player. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they don't really care about assists in the all-star game. It's all about points. So maybe we'll that's see. a lost I, part of what he's done this year. And I apologize. Uh, five assists. Right. That's w- more than willing passer. Right. So I think that's yeah. a, that, that's another reason. Hey, Jackson and Zach, let me ask you this. Do you think, you know, how in a baseball all-star game, sometimes there's just some conversations that are being had by managers as like, hey, look, we're in this pennant race. Right. <laughs> Don't have my man out here getting four at bats. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that there will be a conversation with uh, maybe Tommy and Scotty call, you know, saying, hey, look, we're... <laughs> Don't have this man out here playing thirty minutes. I mean, I, do you think that that would be a you know? A I mean, side I think call? that's easier to do in baseball. If you look around at the All Star roster, I, I think if that were the case, every single coach and every single general manager would be making that call. Um, you know, there, there's contenders all across both All Star rosters, and I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to go out there and play forty plus minutes a game, but. Um, I don't know. I'm just going off last year and what the end of that game was like. And that was some of the most competitive, fun basketball I think any of us have seen in that fourth quarter. And ask any of those players right after the game, and I don't think one of them would have said, like, oh, that was too much, or, oh, that cost me for these next couple weeks, and now I wish I had that energy back. Um, 
it really created a, a competitive environment that that was unique. Um, and look, I mean, there's there's a line, there's a threshold that you can't cross. You know, if, if you don't want to drive these guys into the ground, but I mean, I think if the game's close, these guys recognize the importance of that moment, and um, I think they're going to go for it. Well, there was like hockey line changes I remember in the in the game last year, so I wonder if that second unit or you know second plus those extra two guys will just play a lot more leading up to the Elam ending. Mm-hmm. But if, if you guys remember like Kyle Lowry, who was probably, you know, 11th or 12th man was in that Elam ending, like taking charges and, you know, doing Kyle <laughs> yeah. Lowry stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it just depends what the coach is feeling, but I, I would assume that like, you know, if he's on with doc or with Quinn Snyder, like, you know, Scotty's going to let them know like, Hey, like, this dude's playing some of the most he's got the highest usage in the league like just mm-hmm. just go easy on our boy but we all know when Brad gets on the court he doesn't really want to come out so <laughs> we'll that's see why what I said he's not saying it no the coach never. and maybe RGM is saying hey look uh first five minutes of the first quarter a yeah. couple minutes in the second two in the third and then if you want to close out with him fine but let's be judicious with the minutes i think like you said the usage is really high um and you know everybody take care of each other yeah Yeah. i think given the circumstances of the season that that's going to be pretty understood across the board the break is is short on on both ends and everybody needs it more than they've ever needed i think that's actually a pretty good transition kind of looking forward to the second half a little bit we announced the the Wizards' second half schedule last week, and holy, holy cow, is it <laughs> dense? Um, I, I don't, I don't know how deeply you've been able to to dive into it, but as we kind of look back from look back at the first half of the season and try and apply certain things to the second half, what do you see from the first half that's that's real? What's fake? It was so tumultuous and up and down. Guys missing for a certain period of time. TB gets injured. Um, you know, Russ battled through his quad injury early in the season. As you, as we look forward to the second half, what can and can't be taken from a, a really weird first half? Well, those those home back to back series early in the year, I really wish we would have split those. And I don't want those to come back to haunt us. I think about the Chicago's and the Orlando's. Uh, I just remember those. That's kind of like at the front of my mind. I'm like, oh, we could have got a split. As I look at this second half, and you know, I printed off my. Look at that! Beautiful. Shout out to, shout out to you guys. Always for everybody that can't see, which is everybody because it's a podcast. Chris Miller just held up a <laughs> uh, a poster of the second half schedule. Yes, provided by our good friends at the Washington Wizards. Um, even got the sponsorship on it. Listen, you guys don't miss over there, all right? You guys are handling your business. Uh, I see 38 games in what, Zach, 67, 66 days? Yep. Yahtzee, a lot of games. Uh, but you can only take care of the first one, right? And then you worry about everything else. But the, the first one is some an opportunity for some get back. You can get Memphis back in their building. And then... Uh, Listen, it gets your attention right away, right? You go Philly, Milwaukee at home, back to back. To me, I think the Sixers are coming out of the East. I said that before the season started. I think Embiid's the MVP. Uh, They've added some really good shooting. I think Doc has convinced Embiid and Simmons that they can do it together. They're very tough out. Then you get 
oh my gosh, <laughs> right? Milwaukee, Milwaukee again, right after that. Milwaukee it's the Philly again, Milwaukee right? back to back one day off, then Milwaukee again. And then you get Sacramento, you get Utah, then you're at Brooklyn, but we've beaten Brooklyn twice. Okay. Brooklyn's more afraid of that game than the Wizards are. Of yeah. And then you get at Knicks, and all of a sudden, people are running in the streets of Manhattan screaming playoffs <laughs> you know hey zach all my dick buddies you know all of a sudden they've been quiet for 20 years and now all for, of a sudden yeah. they've 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 arisen they've rise they have <laughs> right <laughs> um but the one thing jackson that really caught my eye was that that trip i'll just call it the trip in april where you've got at toronto which is tampa at orlando which we haven't beaten in two years Golden State, Phoenix, back-to-back, Utah, Sacramento. Wow. I mean, longest trip of the season. But the beauty of it is, is, man, you you get to go play. You get to go play, and you get to compete, and I want them to get back to where they were on that five-game winning streak was just – Good ball, man. They, they, you know, sharing is caring. They were defend. They're, they're defending at a really high clip. I thought Russ was the standard bear. I thought he was really setting the tone. Uh, he's healthy now. It's just amazing to watch him when he's healthy. Right? We knew he wasn't healthy in the first part of the year. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that the schedule's daunting. But I wouldn't want it any other way. It it does seem to lighten up a little bit after that stretch you just went through. Um, the trip, yeah, the trip. <laughs> By the way, I feel like we could all, you know, go on vacation for like three weeks and come back, and that trip still wouldn't be over. That's how long it's been <laughs> right. like. Um, but that that opening, I if I if I was, you know, a coach or a player, I would want that that daunting challenge to begin the second half because a lot of teams are gonna have to find that chemistry right back. I mean, the Bucks are going through it right now with, you know, reintegrating Drew Holiday, who's coming back from protocols. and They haven't looked that great uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, the Wizards have actually been really good after the All-Star break through the last, you know, half a decade. I remember a few wins in Cleveland that were pretty exciting mm-hmm. um, in particular. So you'd rather hit that challenge right there and then. I think they have, like, the eighth easiest schedule um, that's mainly because they're in the Eastern Conference <laughs> uh, the rest of the season. So, um, but yeah, one game at a time. Uh, the, it, it's a lot of games. You're probably going to see Russ and Brad probably rest. They got to, you know, a few games. How they plan that out, who knows? Um, but every team is going to be up against this. Like even those teams who haven't gone through the protocols or, you know, these these bigger outbreaks, like, that might happen to them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're trending in the right direction, but look, Toronto's going to the through sport. it right now. Toronto is going what? through big time coaching, coaching staff, staff. And then like, it was like, wow. By the way, what a luxury that the coach they had left is the Spanish national team coach, Sergio. <laughs> I don't know his last name, but Oh really? Yeah. Oh, it's fine. We got Sergio to come in. Like really? Like the, one of the top five teams in the world. It's just crazy how that works out. Um, that international love, uh, but yeah, I, I, it's going to be a lot of games, but every team's going through the same thing. You just got to focus on your own, uh, make the right decisions and, and play hard. And, and you know, like you said, they play that defense and they're going to give themselves a chance. Um, the biggest thing for me to watch, uh, honestly, it's not the defense. It's not Davis. It's not Russ. Can they start becoming that three-point shooting team that we thought they could be? 
like mm-hmm. overall, I feel like that would make a huge difference. Um, and we saw it a little bit during this winning stretch here, but when they're shooting 25% from three in a game, you're just, you're hurting yourself against these teams that can just light it up. So that's kind of what I'm going to watch the second half of the season. Cause we know more basketball, tired legs, worse three point shooting. So let's see if that makes a difference. Um, the other stuff, I think they know they have to do, but focus on making these shots. And I think it could go a long way. So Chris, you mentioned both of these guys earlier on, both Russ and Davis as players that kind of went through it in the early going in the first few weeks, Davis was coming back after missing time in the preseason and had to get his conditioning to where it needed to be. Russ went through the quad injury early on and both of them, I think have have really swung the play of this team. It it just became very apparent how important those two guys are to this team getting to where they want to go. Who's another guy up that, that you think in the second half of the season, if he, if he goes up a level or two, that really, really unlocks something uh, in this team that, you know, more so than you might expect, I guess. It's simple. It's Rui Hachimura. He, look, man, I see so much potential in him. There's so much potential in this guy, and it has to be something that he has to be more consistent. You can't have one game where, you know, you're really good on both ends of the floor. And then the next day, you know, you where's Rui, right? You can't do that. It, not, not, not in this league where you're being counted on, right? It's Russ and Brad that said, Rui, you can guard one through five. And I think he can, but he's got to be a two-way player. There's just so much potential I see in him that he has to be the guy that when I look at the box score every night or I watch the game, I've said this also, the Wizards need a consistent third option. And he's the guy that seems the most obvious when you think, you know, Brad, Russ, who else? It would be Rui and then maybe Denny. Uh, I'm sorry, it would be Davis, then uh, maybe Denny then. But it's Hachimura by far has to be the guy in the second half. And I wonder if they start mixing in more like post touches for him. And they seem to do that more against when he has a smaller matchup. Like when Brandon Clark's guarding him, like good luck. Brandon Clark's a tremendous defender. He knows his game. They play he knows the tricks, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's just not going to happen. But let's say, you know, you're playing against uh, a team like they were with Denver when J. Michael Green was starting and and those kind of guys because Millsap was hurt. You know, that's where Rui can take advantage. Um, So I, I do wonder uh if they kind of mix and match that kind of game plan uh moving forward and you know i don't think the starting the starting line has been great we've all enjoyed it i don't know how much longer it's going to stick so then does Rui move to the three do you do you put in davis or denny again at the four because i think denny probably can guard fours just as well as Rui. um but you know or i guess my final question for you chris is with you know we don't have inside information if we did, we wouldn't tell you, uh, but uh, do they make a move for another wing for a center? Like, do you think this team is going to be buyers or signers? As I like to say, I mean, they're full, the roster's full at 15, the two ways as we've heard are going to extend through the whole season, which is great because the wizards have two really good two way players. One who starts one who's right. going to probably be a part of the team starting next year. Um, what do you, you know, what do you see on that front? I think rebounding and shot blocking, if they can get it um, at a cost-effective rate, right? Uh, 
that would be probably where I see you know them going to go attack. I think they're good, really good at the guard position, especially with Ish coming back. Neto has been a pleasant surprise, especially talking to my buddy uh, you know, Keith Pompey that writes for the Sixers up in Philly. I was like, how did this guy not play in Philly? And he was like, it was one day he was good, the next day he was out of rotation. It was just wasn't consistent. But I think when we, what we've seen out of Howell is, man, he's a very reliable, more than serviceable uh, backup point guard. So I think they're cool there. Uh, you got Brad, so you definitely cool there. <laughs> uh, I, I would say probably, I'd probably say some rim protection and some shot blocking. Because the committee thing is cool, but we we got to get somebody that can go in there consistently and, and, and get those rebounds and, and just be a presence down there on both ends. Mm-hmm. And I think Robin has accomplished a lot of that, but it, it, it's clear that he can't play the minutes that you need from him. And that's why he's coming in late in the second quarter and then playing the second half. He just can't. He's at the age now where he he's not going to be at his best playing 35 minutes a game. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, they, the committee, like you said, it, it's a band aid. It's not a fix. Cause guess what? They weren't anticipating not having Thomas Bryant the whole season. Right. Right. So, uh, I am with you there. And I, I think some wing help would, would go a long way, but at the same time, you got to play your young players and they got a lot of good young wings too. Chris Miller. Thank you, man. This was great. I think the first half was as wild and unpredictable and tumultuous as, as we predicted from the very beginning. Um, and we've got a second half coming up very, very quickly that provides just as much intrigue as I think we all could have expected. So get some rest this weekend, wherever you can. Enjoy All-Star Weekend. Enjoy the festivities from the couch. I will be right here in my home, exactly. the home office, watching Tube, watching you guys on social media. I'm good. Uh, I'm yeah, just waiting gonna for He's going to have a great break. Yeah, I'm just waiting for, you know, to get my vaccine, man. Uh, wear your masks out there people all right no doubt. love each other exactly. loving each other means stay- staying away from each other sometimes <laughs> right zach it's been hard on us but you know gotta gotta stick together by staying apart right there you go thanks guys for having me on as always i appreciate you